It is Monday, and that means that we are back. Yes, sir. We yes, sir. Are back. Thank you, Kenny, for uh, holding it down. Yes, it's Monday. It's Mano a Mano Live with Kenny T, the one and only. If you didn't check out uh, Lemons last week, you got to make sure you check out Kenny's new song, Lemons. The EP is coming soon. But it's Monday, so right now we're here to talk boxing. And look, I just want to get it straight uh, off the uh, the bat with this one. Um, Kenny, you weren't really looking forward to this fight all that much. You mentioned it last week on Knocked Out by Kenny, no cap boxing, recap, all right? Uh, but look, Saturday's fight was an incredible fight. It's one of the best fights I've seen in a while. Uh, salute to those guys, all right? Salute to those guys. I'm talking about Conlon. I'm talking about Wood. I'm definitely talking about Conlon. The way he came back in that fight was incredible. Yes, it was Wood. in England. Yes, it was the afternoon. Yes, it was a WBA regular title fight. Um, somebody's got to explain to me, honestly, how uh, Leo Santa Cruz is still champ at 126 with the WBA. But uh, that's another discussion. The fact is, this was a really good fight. This was more than a really good fight. It's, to me, definitely fight of the year so far. Definitely knockout of the year so far. Uh, Wood tasted the canvas round one from a hellacious kind of looping left hand right at the last second, right at the bell. Conlon knocked him down. Uh, wasn't all the way ready in the second round. Wood, that is. Fought his way back into the fight by the mid-rounds. Things started to turn a little bit. 11th round live. It didn't look like it might've been a knockdown, but on replay, uh, it was the good call. It was a knockdown. And then there was no doubt about the knockdown in the 12th. Uh, both guys were going for it. Both guys were going for the KO. Both guys were going for broke. And, uh, well, the one guy that got it was obviously Wood. I mean, Lee Wood. I mean, he put Conlon out on his feet and then, Knocked him through the ropes. Uh, Kenny, what, what, let, just describe the Kenny trajectory from last week to watching the fight live with me to your views on the fight right now. Look, man, uh, I'm happy. I'm very happy that I was wrong. I'm very happy to be wrong. When I'm wrong, it excites me. When I'm wrong, it excites me because that means that something amazing, incredible potentially happened. Something unexpected happened, which was exactly what we got this Saturday. Some amazing, an amazing fight. Amazing punches landed. Amazing back and forth action. Definitely so far up to this point, I would have to say it is fight of the year. Uh, we haven't seen any action like that so far this year. We haven't seen uh, something looking like a comeback story uh in for for both sides in multiple locations of the fight you know it was amazing <clears throat> and wood wood had a great game plan that ended up working out for him see wood got beat very very early on it looked like conlon had that fight in the bag from early but wood stuck to the game plan and he was throwing body shots he was in the meantime like he got knocked down but he got back up and he kept on going with these hellacious body shots that Conan seemed to be eating, but you could tell they was landing with power. And Wood kept on getting pummeled while landing these body shots in the early rounds. 
those body shots definitely paid off because you've seen Conlon getting more and more tired as the, as the fight went on. I don't remember what round it was where Conlon got knocked down. That was definitely a clean knockdown, but that's, the, that's definitely where the tide to the fight changed because at that point, it was no longer, oh, Conlon is far in the lead. And then now at that point, it was, oh, this fight is looking much, much closer. Conlon it, it can no longer try to play it safe in the later rounds where Wood is going to try to knock him out. Conlon is going to have to put himself in the fire. He's going to have to put himself in the heat, get himself in the kitchen for the entire time where he didn't have to be if that knockdown did not happen. After that knockdown, Wood came with the fire because you seen Conlon was getting tired. Wood was now starting to be able to land his punches instead of Conlon uh, ducking, dodging, and, and countering. That wasn't happening in the later rounds. Conlon was too tired for that. Wood took advantage of that in, in the 11th round with that savage knockout, man. It was so impressive. I am very excited to have been incorrect for this fight because some an amazing thing happened. A couple of amazing things happened. And, you know, salute to Wood. And I'm glad that Conlon came out being healthy and fine. And he says he wants a rematch. And I think he should get the rematch. It was a great fight. I don't see why it shouldn't happen again. If the man who got knocked out and out through the ring wants a goddamn rematch, then let's let's go. Let's have a goddamn rematch. I agree. Uh, I want to see a rematch. That was about as close as it gets. That was as about the best example of ebb and flow you're going to see in boxing. Okay, it was Conlon, uh, then it was Wood uh, for a while, uh, and then Conlon, and then Wood with the knockdown, and then Wood at the end again. And the rounds were very competitive. I mean, you had power punching by Wood, combination punching by by Conlon, a little too much holding at times. I felt. Um, I, I feel that the referee got himself involved a lot, uh, but then inconsequentially because. If you're going to be getting yourself that involved, uh, it should be leading to something. If you constantly are interjecting, interjecting, interjecting over and over again, it it begs the question for what purpose if you're not going to end up taking away a point, you know? So I was not too best. Um, I was not, I didn't think that it, that, that was the best example, sorry, of, of good refereeing, but luckily it didn't get too much into the way of the fight. And look, I got to be honest, I'm going to say it to you guys like I told Kenny on Saturday. Um, I'm going to have to make a decision, right? Am I going to predict fights or am I going to score fights? Because we're having a a conversation Saturday. And, uh, you know, the for me, the problem with, with picking fights and then scoring them is when there are close rounds, the human brain doesn't want to be wrong. The human brain wants to be right. And if people are going to be honest with themselves, you're going to have to double and trep, uh, double check and triple check yourself when you've predicted that someone's going to win a fight with a close round because I think human nature is to give that close round to the person that you had winning the fight. Um, judges aren't allowed to give predictions on fights. I don't know if people all know that, but that's actually... Uh, the truth judges are not supposed to be give interviews about fights they're not supposed to give predictions about fights uh but what i've noticed is a lot of people who predict fights uh and then give their scorecards on fights and then i'm like was that really what you really thought or was that more in line with what you thought was going to happen when you were scoring the fight 
Kenny, what's your thought on that? Look, man, I, I agree. Uh, Calling uh, call a prediction for a fight and then uh, judging the fight, uh, you know, the lines get blurred there. You know, there's a, there's a huge gray area that can happen there. Uh, I found myself doing it, which was, uh, and you find yourself doing it, which was uh, reasons why we've, we had this conversation this past weekend. Because I didn't call anybody for this last fight because I said I wasn't excited. You did. And as we're calling fights, I was like, uh, we mentioned that's questionable. That was a questionable round. We don't know who to give that one to. And then that's when the comment came up. If we call in the, if we judge the fight beforehand and we chose who we think is going to win, usually a close fight is going to be given to the other fighter. What what I decided to do because I found myself being uh, a little biased in this little gray area, um, I started putting a question mark and calling and making sure that I note which are these potential swing rounds, especially the ones that were very questionable that I did give to potentially give to the guy that I chose. So. When you do see scorecards for myself, you will see a lot of uh, question marks on the rounds. Those are potential swing rounds, potential rounds that I could have given and could have gone to the other guy just because I I know that my card could be judged by by being biased. So, yeah, I just try to keep it fair. Uh, uh, try to not be biased. Uh, I've I've removed when I do this boxing YouTube thing. We've had this conversation before too. I removed my uh, uh, fan opinion from everything that I say. Sometimes I could come off as a hater to my favorite uh, boxer as a fan. And it just is what it is. Uh, if we're going to be here speaking about boxing and we got to give out facts, we, we, we can't be out here giving our emotional, personal opinions on, oh, I like this guy because, you know, we're from the same location and, you know, we share skin color. And I think his tattoos and his chain and the way he carries himself is so cool. That has nothing to do with boxing and who can fight better and who can potentially win the fight and who can land the punches and who can do everything. So, look, with the calling the fights beforehand, giving out predictions and then – uh judging the fight and giving out scorecards at the same time there can be a gray area keep that in mind yourself when you do score fights just like we do and yo let's let's be real about this sport that we love and let's not be emotional fanboys that cause destruction and and have other people believe in lies 100 percent. and what i'm going to add to that too kenny is to share a conversation that we had on saturday which is how you score each round so you had mentioned that when you're scoring a fight, you break that fight up into 30-second increments. And what I told you is that that's exactly how I learned to score fights when I did my boxing, uh, refereeing, and um, and uh, and judging clinics, right? So you start scoring the first 30 seconds. You say, who's winning that 30 seconds? Then in the second 30 seconds, you say, is the same person winning or has it switched? And then you do it for every 30 seconds, and at the end, you pick a winner of the round. Um, that's essentially done, and we talked about this, Kenny, so that you don't just give the round to the last person who impressed you into the round, but you have a more consistent approach to looking at the entire round. You want to cook on that one a little bit more? Definitely, definitely. Uh, it's the only way to come out with the most truthful outcome possible. You know, each round is three minutes. So divide each each divided into six to make it even more precise. If you want to be even more precise, 
you could divide it even further into 12 and judge every 15 seconds. But and when I'm watching the fight and I'm trying to tame myself, I don't I, I, I'm not a professional judge. I don't got the time for all that. 30 seconds is more than good for me. But um, yeah, man, we it's the non-biased thing. We cannot be biased. Got to keep it real. Factual. No cap. Um, and one more thing. Uh, we also had a conversation this past Saturday regarding the uh, safety for boxers because of what we saw happen to Conlon and and how terrible that could have ended up being. So uh, just you shared some thoughts uh, regarding what they could do that uh, other professional, not as dangerous sports already do, like wrestling. Uh, so just elaborate a little bit on this for let, let us know what well, yeah, it is I mean, that they can implement. Look, uh, those who know me well knew that I grew up watching boxing, but I also grew up as a WWF fan when I was a kid and I'm not comparing the two. One is choreographed. The other is obviously real uh, competition and combat, but you know, uh, the WWF, when I was a kid, I always noticed they had like that, um padding around the outside of the ring when i got older and i you know i started teaching in schools i mean you'll see those kind of mats everywhere in the school you don't have to be a teacher you'd be a student you notice what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about right kenny those those mats that go down on on the ground use them in gymnastics use them in wrestling use them in different things martial arts you put it around uh to kind of cushion a hard surface I wondered this when uh, B-Hop got put through the ropes by Joe Smith Jr., and I wondered it again Saturday night. Why don't they just put padding around the ring? I mean, you could also go to the further extent what they do in Japan is I've literally seen fights in Japan where uh, people will be against the ropes and you'll see people behind them in case they fall through the rope. You know what I mean? Um, But at a minimum... There should be like some kind of a soft cushion for people to fall onto when they fall out of the ropes. I mean, I don't want to see people going through the, the the ropes and busting their head and their neck. I'm dealing with a neck issue right now, a head issue right now that for, through an accident I had. And I didn't fall like on top of my head. I fell backwards onto it. But that was almost like fully vertical. Like his legs were like all the way uh, inverted in the air. And he's like falling down on his neck and on his head. That's extremely dangerous, uh, especially once you've already been in the fight taking headshots, you know? Um, Imagine the, that he didn't get the little support that he did with the people that reached out and and were able to brace him just a bit, you know? Um, but but with, the, with the protection for the fighters that you said, they could take it even further, you know? Instead of those gym mats, look, we got way more protective materials that have come out since those gym mats came out back in what the the 70s 80s you know those uh, there's memory foam that they could put on the floor you know memory foam will absorb all the impact a thick a nice thick layer of memory they will they won't feel the cement the contact from the floor at all protect the fighter 100 you know also um on the ropes they can add a soft mesh netting on the ropes, not too thick, th- uh, uh, just big enough to block boxers' bodies from be- from going through in between the the bottom rope and the second rope. Uh, you know, a, a, a soft mesh netting that will prevent them from falling through, but will still allow visibility for uh, the fans and allow only 
in the corners where the boxers enter the entrance and where their uh, trainers and uh, give them water to speak to them in between rounds, allow only those corners to have entrances to get into the ring. Everything else will have this mesh netting that will completely prevent boxers from falling out. And if they do fall out, they'd have that little memory foam uh, padding. It would just be 100% safe. So there aren't any injuries that are not caused by the sport and the punches that are landed. No, you're right. It makes a whole lot of sense. A whole lot of sense. Uh, so, look, we're going to do a few things later on in this show, beginning what we're about to do right now, which is talk a little bit about this weekend and then get into a couple things that passed through my radar that I thought were pretty interesting. And I know Kenny did, too. We're going to talk about that. Be prepared for a little Shakur versus everyone. All right, I'm going to be throwing out names, Kenny. I'm going to be throwing out names, chat. And you guys let me know how you think Shakur Stevenson would fare against these particular people. I mean, Shakur's out there. He's got his ideas. I want to know what, what you guys think uh, about some of those. But, yeah, first, oh, also I want to get into a little bit um, of, of a Kenny reacts. Kenny, I'm going to show you a little bit of a meta quest, uh, you know, that this whole VR thing and they got a boxing game on there. So I want your thoughts of, on that. So, a few things to touch upon here on the show, but uh, look, we've got some fights taking place this weekend, um, you know, coming up uh, on the 19th, okay? We've got Virgil Ortiz, Michael McKinson. Kenny gave it a score. Um, you know, we both think Virgil Ortiz is going to win that fight rather handily. Or we've got Edgar Berlanga, Steve Rolls. All right, Kenny, I want you to share your thoughts on that one. And uh, I don't even know if we're going to get to see the Sonny Edwards-Mohamed Wasin fight. That's a probellum car taking place in Dubai. I saw that it's on ESPN Knockout, but that's Latin America. Um, I don't think it's going to be shown here in the United States. And I don't think anyone's going to be able to see here the junior flyweight title but uh, contest, WBC, that is between... Yakubi and Taraji, which is taking place in Japan, also on the 19th. And I also don't know whether or not we're going to be able to see Avenesian Mets for the EBU welterweight title. So it's a packed day of boxing. Uh, looks like a lot of people are going to have to look for streams for some of those other ones. But Kenny, I want your uh, opinion on the Berlanga Rolls uh, card. I'm going to be going to that this weekend here in uh, in New York City. I, I'm going to be... Uh, working with uh, the boxing voice on that one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be credentialed for that. So I'll be there live at, at the Garden. But, Kenny, what are your thoughts on Berlanga and Rolls? I'm actually excited for this one, man. <clears throat> I'm actually excited for this one. Berlanga got tested in his last fight. And you know who Steve Rose tested? He tested Triple G because Triple G did not have a walk in the park with Steve Rose the way that he should have. Steve Rose was boxing Triple G's head off before he got knocked out. <laughs> um, so, yes, I'm I'm actually excited for this fight card. Xander Zayas on the, uh, on the undercard and John El Terrible Bowser, who we both had the pleasure of meeting at MSG. So, look, I'm, I'm excited to see the young guys fight. I like to see the up-and-coming fighters. Um you know, seems uh, like they're all stepping in the right direction towards better opposition, which is the game plan. Uh, I'm excited for it, man. This should be great. And oh. Virgil Ortiz is going to walk in the park, bro. 
But it, look, Steve Rose is going to challenge Berlanga. He'll probably knock him out, but Berlanga needs to knock him out earlier in the fight than Triple G did. That is the game plan that him and his team have to have. That is the mindset that he needs to go in the fight with. Also, he needs to make sure that he does not get his head jabbed off the way Triple G did. His mission, shall he accept it or not, look better than Triple G did. Finish the fight earlier than Triple G did. So do you think he's going to look better than he did against Triple G? He has to. He has to. Uh, he has to. He's younger. He should uh, be. After that last fight where he got knocked down for trying to continue being a bully and coming in head first, thinking that his power is always going to save him, uh, he took that big drop. Uh, so I'm assuming in camp they worked on a whole lot of defense. They already know he got the punching power, so I'm assuming they worked on a whole lot of defense to help him get out the way of those jabs and not take any big power to get taken down. I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he will be able to get in there, use his youth, uh, agility, and power to uh, knock him out earlier than Triple G did. It, it was an older Triple G, let's not forget, and it was an older Triple G who's trying to do what Abel Sanchez calls uh, this uh, new boxing style Triple G and not this uh, go get you and kill you style Triple G. Well, yeah, it's interesting to me with Berlanga, right, is that we all know he started in the worst way times. We all know that he started off with that hot streak, right? Um, With first round KO after first round KO after first round KO. I think his first 16 fights were by first round knockout. And then he got taken past the first round by Damon Nicholson and got taken the full uh, eight rounds. After that, he fought Marcelo Esteban uh, Coseres and again got taken the distance, um, you know, unanimous decision, 10 rounds, and actually got knocked down in that one in the ninth round. Took a lot of damage. Yeah. So my, my question to you is, Kenny, you think this fight, is going to end by knockout. You're not predicting it goes the distance, correct? I'm hoping it doesn't. See, I think that after Berlanga started getting noticed and started getting the the popularity, the New York attention, uh, and started buying these big chains and looking like Daddy Yankee, um, I think that he started getting derailed a little bit from boxing and started getting into the hype and the fame which does tend to happen to young fighters that make a lot of money at a young age. I'm hoping that after seeing what happened in those last two fights and seeing that he didn't look as amazing as he should have or or could have from the fighter that we have seen him to be, because we can only speak on what we have seen. This is true. So, look, I'm hoping he gets better. I think he could get better. Uh... I think if he goes back to the drawing board and goes back to training as hard as he previously was or fixes whatever problems it is that he was having, I think he'll be a-okay. I don't think we've seen, like, the end of Berlanga. I just think he needs, uh, as he steps, continue getting experience, continue getting better, and not think that his power is going to save him as he continues stepping up in competition. And and Rose is a step up in competition. I'm not going to say he's better than Cosetis. Maybe same level, different style, you know? 
Well, that was going to be my next question. And for you haven't noticed, Chad, this is a bit of the Socratic method here. I know it. it. Being started by my answer to the straight question and answering. I got, I, Kenny. I got Kenny on the mic, so I'm going to try to get his opinion. So you, oh, this is a good question because I don't know. I mean, you look you look at at uh, Cosetis's record, right? Being um, thirty and two going into that fight, he's thirty and three now. He's Argentinian, obviously. Most of his uh, uh, his wins uh, were were in um, Argentina, and the few times that he's ventured out of there, he's lost. People remember he got knocked out by uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Um, and on the other hand, you have Steve Rolls, who's uh, from Canada. Uh, you know, um, believe he's from uh, the eastern part of Canada where they have a lot of African-Americans in Nova Scotia. Uh, but he hadn't really fought anybody before he took on Gennady Golovkin. So I I agree with you. I don't really know if Steve Rose is any better than than Marcelo Esteban Cosetis, to be honest with you. I think he is better than Demond Nicholson. Um, he did touch up Triple G a bit in their fight. So, look, it's an enigma. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it goes a distance. I don't know if it goes for the knockout. Uh, it should be interesting. One thing I do know, Kenny, is he's going to tell us where Berlanga is. Um, because if he doesn't dispatch of Steve Rolls, uh, I don't really think we should be talking about him chasing titles anytime soon, Kenny. I wholeheartedly agree. And what you said is it, a great thought, right? Uh, seemed like he was starting – or. He started his career, right? Stayed uh, level with his first-round knockout, stepped up a little bit. Still getting first-round knockout, stepped up a little bit more. Started going more rounds, right? Now, seems like he went up to Cosetis, right? And got got the smack it down. He won the fight, but, bro, he caught a beat down. And then, and then instead of going up more in opposition, maybe he's leveling out or he or maybe he thought that he chewed a little too much food and is tearing down just just a tad bit uh to see if he can handle a, a little less than Cosetis maybe or or same level of Cosetis like I said different style can be right cuz I feel like uh Steve Rose is the was supposed to be right was supposed to be great but never actually came out to be as great as the, he was supposed to be but yeah, man, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, can't really say whether Cosetis or Steve Rose is better. I'd say Cosetis would probably beat Steve Rose if those two guys fought. Because from what I saw yeah. last fight from Cosetis and what I've seen in previous fights from Steve Rose, I, that last fight, Cosetis beats the previous fight, Steve Rose, any day. So yeah. Steve Rose, Steve Rose, I mean, he's he he's coming off of a couple a couple wins um you know uh i don't know if you're talking about the last fight i mean you're probably referencing the gennady golovkin fight right because the the fight after that i don't think there was any us tv for it he fought at the danforth music hall which believe it or not is a is a concert venue that i've actually been to in toronto i, I I went to see. I was up in Toronto for for that year uh, when um, Run the Jewels uh, LP and Killer Mike did a concert over there, and I went to that. Uh, not really known as a boxing venue, definitely a small house show, I guess, up there. Then afterwards, he took on Christopher Brooker. I believe that was on the undercard of the Baturvi of Marcus Brown fight, and uh, 
he looked okay in that. But I mean, Christopher Booker is a guy who's 16 and eight. So what are we really judging in that? Um, but look, we've spent a lot of time on Steve Rose and Berlanga. I'd like to move on. Uh, and I'd like to move on to the topic of Jermel Charlo. Okay. Now, one thing I've said for a very long time, ladies and gentlemen, the hitman. Yes, is that I always felt that Jermel Charlo was treated very unfairly by a lot of boxing fans because when people speak about Jermel Charlo, I've oftentimes heard them say things that Jermel didn't say or Jermel didn't do or that Jermel had nothing to do with that was all Jermel. And, you know, whether it was the getting arrested, whether it was the, you know, having an altercation with a waitress at some restaurant, whether it, you know, uh, the Canelo stuff or everything else. Um, I was like, yeah, but Jermel, I mean, he's fighting the toughest opposition. He's going after all of the belts. You know, he's always in exciting fights. I mean, uh, he took on Castaño in his last fight. He's taking on Castaño now. Uh, but he gave an interview last week that, I, you know, I, for a guy who I thought handled himself pretty well with with the charlo stuff i mean with the wilder stuff to me there was a lot of like wilder isms in this interview in terms of you know just accusing castaño of like being a drugs cheat uh, i don't think there's any evidence for that uh excusing uh, sorry uh accusing him of faking an injury um apparently you can't have a torn bicep but also do jogging i mean that's news to me mm-hmm. um you know, I don't know what you think about that, Kenny, but I mean, you athletes, when they're injured in one part of their body, it's not that abnormal for them to train other parts or at least try to keep fit with cardio. So I didn't really understand that very much at all. Uh, but I think the most interesting part of the interview is what I'm going to play right here. And that was the part where uh, he was essentially talking about Terrence Crawford. I'm going to play Kenny, and then I want your your reaction to it. Here we go. Yeah, I'm looking good. I see your little light, your little light boys coming up from the 147. You got a little name, and you're making your name for yourself. <laughs> your Crawfords. Now, your Crawford. My dog live in Omaha. I know how Omaha rolls. Look at Custer's you know, face. You've never seen no real shit like this shit here. Now, I like Omaha. There's some, some studs over there. Now, I got highly respect for all of them. But, nigga, you got some real business to handle with them other 147 pounders. Y'all got to go out get out the way to, to mess with me first. We don't know how many fights we got left. I'm not here to chase that. Mm. I'm here to chase one thing, and that's to become undisputed champion of the world at a high-weight division. Now, I don't know if I'm going to do it at 160. I don't know if I'm doing it at 154. But right now, at 154, I'm that guy. And I've been here domaining for all of these years. It's time they put some respect on my name in the boxing world. And I'm going to stand up for who I am. And I'm going to stand up for what I represent. Now, listen, right. I sure wish I could be the guy to fight Canelo. Okay. All right. He 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 getting he 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 carried away. Your first part of that, Kenny, and then we'll go to the second part in a moment. Again, this uh, is courtesy of the last stand by Brian Custer. Yeah, he he he's getting a, a a little carried away there. Uh, the first part sounds like uh uh you know 
a little ducking, dodging, you know, try, trying to not get these hits, trying to not get the punches that, that, that may be coming his way by Terrence Crawford or the verbal punches that are coming his way from Terrence Crawford saying that he wants to fight Charlo or Castaño next. That's specifically who he's talking about, Crawford. And uh, my thoughts, it sounds like ducking words, man. It sounds like ducking words because, look, I wouldn't like to see Terrence Crawford fight Charlo or Castaño in the first fight at 54 anyway, because you want to see the guy f- see. You want to see if he could take the punches at 54. You want to know you want to see not versus the journeyman at 154, but like he did coming up to 147 for uh, Benavidez. Uh, uh, not 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 uh, David, but I forgot the other dude's name, um, Jose. But yeah, so. I th- it sounds like ducking words to me from from Charlo, because uh, it sounds like he wanted no parts of He's like, put some respect on my name. He does deserve respect on his name. That's a fact. But saying put some respect on my name, don't be talking about fighting me. I'm trying to become undisputed at one of these big weights. Not sure if it's 154, or 160. Uh, you're so you're about to come become undisputed at 154 if you win this fight, dude. Like, so you, you mean after that you're trying to go the highway or something? If it's what he's, what he's trying to say, like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, yeah, so it, it, you know, self belief. I respect that. Uh, not wanting to fight Crawford, nobody wants to fight Crawford. It, it is what it is. But if if Crawford goes up to 154 and he can take the power at 154, I got Crawford beating Charlo. Pardon. Pardon. Well, my, issue, my issue here too is that where's the follow up by by Brian Custer? I mean, he said so much. Like, just pause it for a minute. Let's get some clarity. You're talking about 154. You're talking about 160. Uh, I'm not exactly too sure. It's not that clear to me, but here we go with the remainder of this. Canelo, Canelo Green, come, come to 158. 158. I can, I can easily, easily make 158. 158. There's an echo. I'll I'll put a box. <laughs> and this is like, are you serious? Canelo was at 168 about to fight at 175. It's supposed to come down to 158. I, I'm not really getting that. Blessing on him. Just as great as Floyd Mayweather did, the great, you know. I mean, I, I didn't say it at all. There's now, an I don't echo on his audio. Going well, on. Just, you know, pay me my bread. My brother can fight him in 160 and whatever the case is. And all these other guys. I'm the 54 champion, baby. Not the other one. Yeah, but, you know, right. These hands on any one of these motherfuckers. Straight up. Let's talk about that because, um, you know, obviously you got the fight with Castaño and you said that you want to be the undisputed champion. So <clears throat> you feel at, at 154, that's that's the last line of business for you before you think about your future, whether it's moving up or what have you. But well, here's yes, the follow up, I guess. But Crawford already here said, hey, look, Errol I think it's like echo on the video. That fight for the longest. If he don't want to fight me, then I want to fight uh, Jamel Charlo, Brian Castaño winner. What's your What's your take on that? How about he do his best and go fight Earl Spence then? Shut up. Take a little bit less money. Be quiet. Humble yourself and fight Earl Spence, your stud. Do what he say, and then you might be the challenger sometimes. These people don't know how to do that. They don't know how to be the challenger. That's his problem. He think he's too high up on the horse. Bob Barrow don't give a damn about him. Bob Barrow told him to his face. Hold he just got lost. I think I, 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 at the end right there, he was speaking facts. The whole Canelo to 158 stuff. Okay, shut the fuck yeah. up, bro. 
oh, that's that's all nonsense. Like you sound like a joke. You sound like everybody. Oh, uh, but but then he he says something that's super factual. Boxers don't know how to be challengers. Everybody wants to be the A side. Everybody wants to call the shots and be top dog. That's not the way boxing works. Uh, uh, and I do agree with him. Humble your damn self and go take that Errol Spence fight. Go be the B side and take the less money and whoop his ass because you know you're going to win that fight anyway. I agree with that. But at the same time, he sounds like a big ass hypocrite because he was just talking about, oh, have Canelo come meet me at 158. That would mean that you're the A side and that, that, that means that you don't know how to be the challenger because if you was the challenger, that means you're going to go meet him at his weight class and you're going to be the B side and accept his gloves and accept whatever other bullshit comes along with it. So point. he's being a big ass hypocrite in the statement that he's saying, but his statement is super factual. Dudes do not know how to be the B side. Dudes do not know how to set the challenge and go beat the dude's ass and then could become the A side. Uh, look, Floyd Mayweather did it with De La Hoya. You know what I'm saying? Floyd Canelo. Too. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So go beat the guy. Go be the B-side, beat the guy, and then become the guy and call the shots. Like, Jermel is that guy at 154 currently. Yes. But Canelo is that guy in the whole of boxing. Currently. In the whole of boxing, 168, 175. But let, let's let's finish it up, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Here we go. With his own promoter. You ain't even worth it to me, for real. That means the man didn't really care about you anyways. You should have just shut up, make the right decision with your real, with your people that love you, and then and then do what you got to do. Like, it's not my fault that you can't. Hey, they got some thugs. Hanging only don't sign the best of the best to me, personally. You got Ennis. You got Garcia. You got Thurman. You got people making a name for themselves in your well, my understanding is that Ennis isn't an Al Heyman fighter, but he's a Showtime fighter, but I digress. Your own weight division. Sit your ass in your weight division and see if you can be one of them. Come fucking with me, you're going to get knocked the fuck out. I'm going to knock out all this, baby. I ain't here to play no games. And make, I don't get paid for overtime. So, so, so it's cool, you know, run around with your family and love your family, bro, because this is how we doing it, fuck. We're doing it for our family, but uh, I take it all personal. This is a personal sport to me because I'm not. All right, so we're going to leave it at that. Uh, Kenny, uh, Lil Penny made a funny comment. He's saying that he's acting like Tony Harrison right now. He's acting, he's acting like a whole-ass nigga. <laughs> Yo, look, he, he, he's definitely got a lot of energy. Charlo's definitely a dude. Uh, young Charlo, or, or excuse me, small Charlo, Jermel is uh, definitely a dude who is a character and always has a lot of aggression. So I do expect that type of stuff from him, those type of antics. Uh, it is what it is. The guy's heated. He's about to get into a fight. I'm pretty sure he already got the whole fight feeling and vibe in him. You know what I'm saying? And all that shit he was saying about, I'm a knockout artist. I don't get paid for overtime. He's just saying what's the shit that sounds cool. No, I mean, if, it, if he was a knockout artist and he don't get paid for overtime, he would have knocked out Brian Castaño when he buzzed him in. I don't know what round it was uh, last fight. And he did not. He fell back. So it is what it is. That's a difficult task right there, knocking out Brian Castaño. I mean, hey, he said he's a knockout artist and he had a buzz. It's not easy to knock him out. I'll just say that much.
But yeah, a, knock, a knockout artist will knock him out, though. So, Kenny, look, we're going to uh, move on to the next topic real quick. Uh, and the topic of the day is the young man named Shakur Stevenson. OK, uh, you told me something over the phone that I I was like, what? Really? He said that? No, he didn't say that. No, he didn't say that, Kenny. Yeah, he did. He didn't say it. Yeah, he did. Why do these guys always have to bring up King Nello? I don't really understand. But apparently, Shakur believes that uh, he can beat Canelo Alvarez. And this was like a real interview or or a real statement. Um, I was shocked when I heard you tell me about it. So I'm going to play that, and then we're going to play Shakur versus everyone. I'm going to throw out names. I want to see what you and what the chat think about Shakur's prospects against these people. But let's check it out. This one's courtesy of FightHype.com. Let's have a listen. They always looking out with the good content. Canelo could tell him whatever you want. Well, it's, it's now you speak about it. It's two schools going to war, isn't it? Not just Oscar Valdez, Shakur receives it, but like the Terrence Crawford school against the Canelo Alvarez school. I mean, I don't just got <laughs> Terrence Crawford. I mean, I, I'm, co- I'm close with Andre Wood. Right. Um, right. I just was on the phone with Floyd like two weeks ago. Um, my style is more so in that type of uh, a boxer, slick boxer style. So uh, I feel like it's it's gonna be a good fight here, a tough fight. I can't uh, take no nothing away from him, but I feel like I'm the better fighter. So maybe maybe uh, you know the American style against the Mexican style at the highest level. Oh yeah, most definitely. That's that's why it's the biggest fight in boxing. I feel like um, we got we're the best fight in boxing. We both undefeated. We both got a lot to lose, and we both put put in a big risk on the line. So I feel like it's going to be a great fight, but I'm the better fighter. I'm going to outclass him. I'm going to be better than him. I'm going to beat him up. I'm going to do everything I, I've been saying I'm going to do. You know, if you win this fight, you kind of get whatever young fighter chases credibility and respect. Uh, but for you, what what would beating Valdez mean? I feel like you should put me on a pound for pound list. I feel like I'm one of the best Damn, fighters in boxing. I dismantle him. And um, I'm telling you, I come April 30th, I'm going to put on the show. You no, no one's been able to hurt you before. You, you think there's a chance that you could get hurt in this fight, and if that happens, you'll be fine. You'll work your way through that moment. I don't think like that. I don't know what y'all think. Uh, I don't <laughs> think like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's boxing. Anything is possible. I know, like, if that moment was to come, I, I got a lot of heart. I got a lot of dog in me, and I'm I'm fully prepared for whatever it takes to win. And should we sell this a little bit as Puerto Rico, Mexico? We know you got a little Puerto Rican in you, Shakur. That might help. You know, make it that much bigger. I mean, I, I mean, it's up to y'all at the end of the day. I definitely got some Puerto Rican in me. My father, Puerto Rican, uh, rest in peace to him. But um, at the end of the day, uh, it's up to y'all. I'm not, I'm not one of them dudes that's gonna be faking it. I ain't meet my father till I was like me yeah. at the end of the day. But um, I let's did pause that so we don't get no copyright, bro. Uh, I was maybe I didn't get the timestamp right. No, uh, uh, oh wait, he didn't speak about the Nello thing just yet. Uh, no, no he, he was just talking that, shit about everything else. Let me go back to the right, beginning. You know, you know he trains with Canelo, and it's he's trying to be slick coming forward and get into that body. How do you, I know you can't give away the game plan, but how do you deal with a guy trying to do that? I mean, I'm going to say this, and people going to hate me for saying this. I don't, I'm, I'm bold. Like, I take risks. I'm a risk taker. I say what's on my mind. I feel like if Canelo is my way, I feel like I would beat Canelo. I feel like my style, distance, um, boxing. Same way Floyd picked. Oh, there we go. So I had just missed it at the beginning. Sorry about that, Chet. Sorry about that, listeners. Uh, so, yeah. So I hadn't heard the whole thing. I had had it queued up after you told me about it. So there is a little bit of a caveat there, Kenny. He says if Canelo was his weight, yeah. which, I think, which I think is 
like why even say that you know well if tyson fury was my weight i'd beat him um well i mean technically that's what pound for pound is you know honey i shrunk the kids as you like to call it so technically so technically what he, he should have said that would have sounded better yeah is is uh well if i was canelo's weight i'd whoop him i'd beat him not if canelo was my weight because again you the b-side young man yeah they're, they're, simple there's there's no doubt about that and then i'm just gonna show why well, we won't even have to play the entire thing here but in this one he yeah i, I, essentially I says, like, uh he's um very skillful uh, he, he got timing got reflexes uh he fast he's essentially talking about uh javante tank davis so my question to everybody is this and i'm gonna throw names out there we're gonna do shakur versus uh, and Kenny, I'm going to go to you first on all of these. You don't have to overthink it. Or just give me your first reaction. But I'm not even I'm not even going to go to Canelo because I don't think that that's realistic or or fair or whatever. But Shakur Stevenson versus Oscar Valdez. I got Shakur Stevenson winning that unless Valdez could uh, break into that defense and land some power punches, which I haven't seen anybody break into that defense. Mm-hmm. That that in and in and out footwork uh, is savage. You know what I'm saying? So unless Valdez has been working on some other uh, opposite type of footwork to help him get inside the guard of Stevenson, he's gonna have power. He's gonna have trouble landing his power punches and landing punches. Period. So look, I got Stevenson in that one, and yeah. I agree. I got Stevenson in that. I I think he's um, the sharper um, of the two. I think Valdez arguably has the area, um, the advantage in power punching. Although a lot of, I think Valdez's strengths are his accuracy, but I also think that Shakur is very accurate and also very defensively sound, great footwork, good management of distance inside and out. So I got Shakur. Let's go to the next one. Hold on a couple more things before you move on. Uh, Shakur is delusional if he thinks he should go in the top 10 pound for pound. Before his last fight, he hadn't really fought anybody. Don't don't be telling me Nakatelia. You know what I'm saying? Before his last fight, he hadn't really fought anybody. And if those, if your only two credible wins are going to be uh, Valdez, and I forgot homie's name because I'm terrible with names. Apologies. Uh, then how do you deserve to be on the top 10 pound for pound? It just doesn't add up. But yeah, let's move on to the next Shakur versus everybody. Well, we the next one was going to be the one that he referenced in the interview. The second one, I put a clip up since we sent, spent too long on the first one. I was waiting for that quote. Uh, Shakur Stevenson versus Tank Davis. Look, uh, Tank Davis is a great fighter when he is fully in the sport of boxing training and taking the sport seriously which we don't know if he has been doing lately i saw him recently he's just started training or something he looked like a little chubby burger you know what i'm saying he got the, the neck he got the face he got the, you know it's it's, it's 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 all looking big and chubby and he's a little guy so it's it's easy for a smaller dude to put on weight very very easily and it's a very it's, it's definitely more difficult to break it down that's just the way it is but I'm going to say I, I got Valdez winning that one as well because... You mean Shakur. I, sorry, yeah, Shakur. Apologies. I, I'm going to say I got Shakur winning that one as well because I don't think, uh, again, 
uh, uh, Javante Davis gets tired towards the end of fights. Uh, Shakur will run for the first half of that fight where it is where he will be in danger of those power punches. He's going to be jabbing and running and using that great footwork and getting out the weight tactics that he has. And then he's going to probably box him out towards the later part of the fight. I don't see him knocking anybody out because we haven't really seen Shakur with any crazy knockout power or anything like that. But he has looked stronger as his career has gone on. So who knows? It is possible to develop a knockout power. Well, especially as you get get older and get your man strength under you and he is getting older, people tend to forget how young Shakur Stevenson is. Shakur Stevenson, I think this one's going to be a little bit tougher. Devin Haney. I don't think it's going to be tougher. I also got Shakur Stevenson beating Devin Haney. Um, they <laughs> fight a, They fight a similar style, similar fight, just that uh, it seems like Shakur is more polished. Shakur gets hitless. Shakur keeps up the game plan for the entire fight. Yes, he keeps it boring and safe, but he, he does what he has to do to win the fight. Devin Haney falls a little too much into what people like to say in the media, and that's why he got tagged and buzzed against. I forgot his name. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> but that's why he got tagged and buzzed. Linares. Yeah, against Linares. That's why he got tagged and buzzed and almost dropped against Linares because he wants to be listening to the media instead of remaining smart and keeping it up. He also got tired towards the end of that fight. He also got tagged a lot uh, in his last fight um, versus uh, Joe Diaz. Joe, Joe Diaz. So we have never seen Valdez, uh, Shakur Stevenson, get hit like that. We have not. His defense is up to par 24-7. Well, to be fair, we also haven't seen Shakur Stevenson take on the level of opposition that Devin Haney has. This is true. This he is hasn't true. taken on a JoJo Diaz. He hasn't taken on a Jose, uh, Jorge Linares, even though Linares did not look very good his last fight. But very good points, Kenny. Next name for you. And maybe I shouldn't even be, bring up this name because as uh, my brother D-Style calls him, he can be a lying kind of guy sometimes. You know, I'm talking about Ryan Garcia, if he ever gets back into the ring. Ryan Garcia, Shakur Stevenson, how do you see that one going? This is Shakur versus everybody. Damn. It depends. Uh, because Ooh, of- We got an it depends on Ryan Garcia. This yes, one is the first. It depends. It depends. Look, styles make fights. I still think that Shakur would probably edge this one now. It's just it's styles make fights, and Ryan Garcia has faster hands than Devin Haney, than Shakur Stevenson, than Javante Davis, than Valdez, than anybody we just mentioned. The only thing, the reason why I say it depends is because we don't know what Ryan Garcia we're gonna get. Ryan Garcia has never had amazing footwork. He he's a guy that does everything with his upper body. Stevenson has both footwork and upper body. If if uh uh what's his name uh Ryan starts working with uh, uh Goosen on footwork and being able to come in fast and get out, we are gonna see a new Ryan and things could change then. But as things stand as it is, I got Shakur the Great because his abilities and his skills just outmatch and outdo all these guys we're talking about. Yeah, the only name that's been mentioned that I have a problem with is Canelo. Like that guy should name should not even be brought up. But I got Shakur. Uh, where are we at? Four and zero right now. Uh, I got another name for you. You know, he recently acquired the lightweight championship of the world, the WBC franchise the WBA Super and the WBO title. 
along with the IBF. I'm talking about George Gambosis Jr. How does he do? This is Shakur versus everybody. Uh, versus oh, get, while you while you think about that, let me get to the super chat. Nando, my brother Nando, he says, Lion Ryan, a cute gimmick, but he's going to be the best one when the dust settles. 100. Oh, interesting take. Interesting take. Uh, Kenny, there you go. We've got George Gambosis Jr., the Spartan. All right. He's not a little chihuahua, as he said. Chihuahua. <laughs> you know, he's out in the dark, in the darkness. Right, <laughs> like like Bane, where this other guy is just talking like a like a little chihuahua. All right, so uh, but like yeah, but Gambosis Junior, right? He's the emperor. He dethrones, right? He conquers lands. What's going on? We got Gambosis versus Stevenson. Gambosis is the most difficult random one to judge. It's the guy we know least about. It's the guy who has the least footage out there of him. I, I, it's hard to find full George Cambosis fights. You find very grainy, doodle-looking uh, highlight reels that don't even show anything that allows you to, to test their ability or to judge their ability. So that's the biggest wild card in there. But with what I've seen... I'm going to have to go with Shakur edging this one out because I have seen more from Shakur and his style is just is just different. It's fast. He does have enough power to push people back. I haven't seen him have the power to knock people out. But again, we have the wild card of Cambosis with all his weird different angles that other boxes and with all his crazy self-belief with his I get hit. I'm coming right back at you and hit you right back. And he seems to have a chin. He ate everything Siofimo had to throw at him. So, yo, look, that's a. Uh, I, that's like a Shakur question mark for me. I got to say, I might have to go with Gambosis Jr. on this one, man. I mean, um, especially off of that last win. I would like to see him another time, all right? But I, I'd go for that last one. We're going to bring Lil Penny on here real quick. Lil Penny, thank you for joining us. All right, I got an. You can give me your thoughts on, on Gambosis uh, Shakur, but I'm going to throw out another one that I'd like everyone's thoughts on. Vasil Lomachenko, Shakur mm. Stevenson. Man, there's so many names mm. to Stevenson versus everybody. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Go for it, Penny. Uh, in that fight, I like Steven, uh, Shakur too because too big. Uh, it's too big, and uh, I, I think um, uh, I, I don't. I don't know if Loma can handle his power. Mm. Um, yeah, I like Shakur in that one. And he's, he's, accurate, he's as accurate as Loma as well. I think Loma's probably too small for 135. He should be at 130, really. Well, that's what he said after the after the fight with with uh, uh, Teofimo Lopez. That was the main reason he gave for doing not as well as people thought he would do that and the injury. But the main one was size. So it's very interesting to see me to see him Sorry, stay on. Uh, very interesting. Maestro, I thought he landed the uh, Loma. I thought he landed the the more telling punches against Tio. Don't mm. you think? Like especially in the second half of the fight, I thought he landed the the uh, the more notable punches. He took he took too he took too long to get started. Um, 
he was he took too long to get started. And if you notice, Gambosis didn't take long to get started at all. I mean, Gambosis got started in round one. He didn't. He was not there pity pad and doing the twinkle toes like Fred Flintstone for six rounds. Yo, right up in there round one. You know what I mean? And dropped his ass. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think I think these are two. Those are the two toughest names. I think you could argue Devin Haney too, but I'd say. Uh- I think Gambosis and Loma give him a good run for his money, especially at 135, personally. I'll I, I tell you who I got in that one, man. Yeah, go for it. Uh, 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 Shakur and Loma. Yeah. That, the, uh, Loma got the best chance of beating anybody at 135. Uh, I'd say, I think he could potentially beat Teofimo in a rematch. He could, any given day, Loma can beat anybody at 130, 135, and below. I don't, I don't uh, disagree with you. Um, the thing about being too small, that's an excuse. Uh, it was an excuse to get him out the fire. If anything, the injury probably had more of an effect on him. But Shakur and Loma, man, that's a big 50-50. I, 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 may, I may be leaning towards Loma in that one. If Loma and Cambosis fall, I'm sorry, Cambosis. I'm leaning towards Loma in this one. You know what I'm saying? Loma versus anybody is a... A hell of a fight. We can do Loma versus everybody on another on another one. Yeah, I we was could some, do that one. I wanted to do these versus everybody's since last year. I just got sidetracked. We did some great ones. We did Roy Jones Jr. versus everybody. We did Delahoya versus. We did a couple on my channel right here. Maestro a boxing. But uh, I got another name for you. I think I might close on this one. All right. But this is at one forty, and you got to remember based on how he looked. In his last fight at 140. I'm talking about Josh Taylor, Shakur Stevenson, 140, Shakur versus everybody. I see I see little Benny rocking back over there. What's good, Benny? It might be a little too premature at the moment. You think so? He's saying it. He's saying that he wants to be pound for pound. That's what he's saying. He might get beaten up by Taylor because Josh is uh like a, you know he didn't show it in his last fight but he's more of a like a an aggressive fighter. I, 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 I don't know about that one. That one's a little too premature. 130, 130, 135, He may beat everyone at one forty. I don't know yet. Maybe because he's a bit he's too, still too, young. Too, too big. Too big. Too yeah, big. How do, you, how, do you like, how do you like the what? He, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I agree that he's too big, man. Nano's agreeing. Kenny's not agreeing. Kenny doesn't I, think it's premature. I, I mean, no, it, it, it may be premature from mm. where we've seen his skill at and the challenges that he's taken and the yeah. way we've seen the challenges that Josh Taylor has taken and the experience that Josh Taylor has. That's the only thing that it, where it, that's the only area where it may be premature. But Josh Taylor's 5'9". Shakur Stevenson is 5'8". That's a one-inch difference. That's a motherfucking fight. I what? just don't know. I just don't know if Stevenson would be uh ready to go that high in weight that's that's much higher than where he's 130 to 135 to 140 that's two weight classes that'd be like kel brook going up to fight triple g uh that can cause a lot of damage in the fighter's career if he does it prematurely that's not something that i would like to see shakur stevenson do right now but if i think of the styles in my head which style do i think wins well with the last josh taylor that we saw i'm gonna say that i think shakur style style shakur style wins because Will Josh Taylor again be able to get in that guard? The last Josh Taylor that we saw versus Catterall. The Josh Taylor that we saw that was getting beat off of jabs and little body punches and being roughed around the ring and thrown off his his, his uh, game plan. Shakur Stevenson, 
is an in and out fighter, in and out fighter, land a couple punches, get out the way. He won't be there to get hit when Josh Taylor tries to come back with his long and powerful uh, lefts and body punches, in my opinion. But at this stage right now, I think he's too low in weight class. If th- this fight would not be able to happen, I just don't see. Yeah, I don't see them in the trajectory of each other. I don't see, you know. Well, let's keep it in house again for the last one. I said the last one would be the last one, but this will be the last one. It's all good. We having good convo here, man. Teofimo Lopez, Shakur Stevens here. Shakur versus everybody. I'm not going higher than 140, so I'm just capping it at the 135, 140s. Uh, at 135, Tail, which he ain't boxing it no more, but let's say that fight happened at 135. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a 50 50 fight. See, the Loma fight was like 55 45, 60 40, maybe leaning towards Loma, right? This one would be super 50 50 because guess what? Teofimo also got great footwork and just dash forward and come at you and jab and also dash backwards, get out the way. And he also got the equalizer. The eraser, the 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 I'ma stop your footwork from moving. I'ma stop you from moving because I'ma buzz you so hard that you're gonna try to move your feet and you're gonna be wobbling all over the place. So yo, that's a hell of a 50-50 match. I, I, I can't choose a winner that one. That's that's styles a, make fights. The funny thing is, top rank can actually make a lot of fights happen for Shakur, if you think about it. Um especially if they're allowing them to do what they did with, with tail female, which is listen, if another network's going to give you the bread, you could go make it over there. Uh, the point here is Shakur doesn't need to, you know, call out Canelo or say that he beat Canelo. If Canelo was in his weight class, there's plenty of people in and around Shakur Stevens's current weight divisions that would give him very good fights. Look, Lil Penny, before we end and before I let you go, anything you want to talk about boxing-wise that maybe we haven't brought up that you like to discuss? Also, in April, there's a fight. There's a big fight. That I think you you and Maestro, uh, you, you and Beeps are going to, right? The Serrano and Taylor Katie fight. Taylor, Serrano, yeah, for sure. Yeah, tell me that you guys are going. That's a great fight, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. Live at the Garden, live here in NYC. I'm hoping Kenny will be able to go down for that one as well. Um, it's going to be on the zone. Uh, I hope it doesn't. Uh, I haven't kept up on the whole schedule with Shakur uh, Valdez. I don't know if they're still planning for that to take place on the same day. Um, I hope not, because I'd love to them to just wait until the following weekend to show it, if that's at all a possibility. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that fight. It should be a good one. Mister, the undercard's good too. On the Serrano Taylor fight, um, what's his name's in it? Um, oh, I can't remember. the guy that Pacquiao fought in two thousand and uh, uh, the the undercard, the the co-feature on that fight is good too. What's his name? Um, the guy who fought the the guy that Pacquiao fought um after he fought um Mayweather. What's his name? Um, oh, the guy that fought Broner. Fought Broner. Uh, uh, Jesse Vargas. Oh, Jesse Vargas. Um, it's a title title fight, from my understanding. It depends on who Jesse Vargas is fighting. I'm 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 not gonna lie to you. I haven't really been the biggest fan of a lot of his fights. Uh, he seems like a nice guy. It's nothing against him personally, but you know I'm not always that excited by Jesse Vargas fights. Uh, but yeah, I mean it. it let Let's see who who's he fighting. He gives good interviews. 
He does give good energy. He's a good commentator too. He's it's a oh, he's Liam Smith. Liam Smith. Oh, that, that, yeah. That's going to be a good fight. Yeah, Liam Smith. I was I knew it was against somebody good. And Liam Smith is obviously coming off of that big win he had against Anthony Fowler, which was a very exciting fight in the Battle of Liverpool. So yes, I'm looking forward to that fight. Little Penny, that should absolutely be a good one. Can you give us a little bit of the rundown from down under? What's going on with uh, Joe Parker? What's going on with uh, Gambosis? Any rumblings down there? Any news about about these two? Like, what, what's happening? I don't, know, I don't know what's going on with Gambosis. Like, he was the first one that that was scheduled to fight anyone around the April May month, and he's intent out to be he's the last one to sign. And obviously, he's not going to fight Loma because of what's happening in Ukraine. So it's Haney, right? I, I think they're still negotiating. I don't know what's going on there. Like, I'm a bit disappointed. I've got a feeling that that fight won't happen now because it's taking so long. I mean, it is taking so long. I mean, what are the options? It's Haney or it's nobody. Lomachenko yeah. is going to fight. Ryan Garcia has another fight set up. Tank Davis is fighting Roley. I'm going to try to go to that one as well, actually, because I just heard that it's this week or last week that it's taking place here in, in New York city at, uh, at, uh, the Barclays in Brooklyn. So I'll, I'll, I'll go to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are the other options? I mean, just take on Haney and get it over with like, what the hell? But my show, Bill, Bill Haney did say that they're willing to go to Australia and You're take on. The yeah. yeah but He's a liar. Why do you say that, Kenny? I don't because I don't... he came out in several interviews saying that he doesn't want to do the fight in Australia. That oh, my boy could sell out stadiums in the United States. Come to the United States and let's set this fight up in the United States. They keep on going back and forth for what they say. I don't believe shit they got to say. Yeah. I believe Mister Ferocious because he's in the dark. <laughs> because he's not a little chihuahua. You know. <laughs> We both became fan of Gambosis. I, I like Devin Haney a lot. I hope uh, Devin Haney will do the fight in Australia. Um, you know, I've spoken to the young man. I, I asked him questions at a post-fight press conference. He's very nice. He's a very nice guy. He sticks around. Uh, and to his credit, he takes on everyone he can. Like, he's been doing the best he can in terms of taking on opponents. So I don't really th- see this as a Devin Haney problem. I don't even really see it as a George Gambosis problem. Per se, I think that the people that are managing their careers have just got to get on the same page and come to a mutual understanding that there's no one else for you guys to fight. It's this. This is the fight. Take this Maybe fight a- and then move on afterwards and do what you want to do more than this fight next. Master, maybe he's afraid they might get robbed in Australia. So maybe make a deal that the rematch is in, in the U.S. That way it's fair. He loses in Australia, then... Rematches in America. Well, and then- said, but here's the thing, Lil Penny. He's already said he's willing to do all of the conditions that Loma was willing to do. Well, that means the money that Loma was willing to take, and that means doing a rematch in Australia. Um, look, mm-hmm. it's to my benefit for the fight to take place in the United States. Mm-hmm. I would love for Haney Gambosis, the rematch, if it were ever to happen, to be at New York in New York City at the Garden, right? Or 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 even in, or even in, or even in Vegas, um, but at the end of the day, right now the man with the chips is Gambosis, right? And you know you kind of gotta uh, dance to his drum to a certain extent. Um, so that 
Just my opinion. But Lil Penny, thank you for joining us, brother. And I'd love to talk to you again, probably about Fury versus White next time there's news on that. All right. And uh, do me a favor. I'm going to drop my uh, my WhatsApp in the in the private chat. All right. Um, just uh, hit me up with your with your WhatsApp so we could stay. stay oh, I don't have a WhatsApp. Um, account, what you got? You got so signal? What you got? You just text people because you're big balling like that. From over. I, uh, I only got a YouTube channel, bro. I don't even have a YouTube channel. I'm just I just log in when you guys are on. All right. We'll just do that. Then, bro. All right. So thank you, uh, little Penny. Appreciate it. All right, you take care. All right, and that is uh, it, I think, right, Kenny? For Mano and Mano Live this week, people should tune in later for uh, Power Punchers on Calyx Boxing 2.0. All right, make sure you're always looking out for the HCP Network content. All right, that's not just on YouTube, but that's also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all your other podcast platforms. All right. Our sisters, mis hermanas, nuestras hermanas. All right, Christine et al. All right, they got in the ring with Christine. They got women crushing it Wednesdays. You got the roundtable Thursday. All right, this week it's on D-Style Boxing. And, of course, Mr. Ringside Reporter himself goes live. That's Mr. Joe Habib. He goes live Sundays at 6. And you got to make sure that Wednesdays are marked on your calendars, guys, because we've got Al Chile. All right. Or is Al Chile? Al Chile is Tuesday, actually. Right, Kenny? It's either Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe, at 2 o'clock. I've seen them go both days. That's the thing. But you got to make sure you check out Al Chile. All right. That's No Paul. And that's obviously Chicano Prophet. And my brother right here knocked out by Kenny. All right. KO Kenny. All right. You got to make sure you're checking him out. All right. And no cap boxing. I think I did everybody. Uh, Oh. One last one, we've got the shoe shine Mondays. I always forget that one because it's late for me and I catch it on demand. But that stayed from the 408, and that's Philly Drew Iris. So that's going to be it, Kenny. Thank you so much. It's another uh, Mano a Mano Live with Kenny T and uh, Maestro. You guys all take care. Thank mm-hmm. you.